0: And welcome back to a Philip podcast, first in a while. We've kind of been on a, a long hiatus of just doing superhero ones, but uh, we are back. There has been a casualty of said war. Jonathan is dead, literally and figuratively. No, he's um, he's moved on to better things, which is to say he's now doing the in-conversation portion of the Philip podcast family, so listen out for that. And if you want to hear me and him talking, you can always still look at Quantum of Friendship don't because it's terrible. In any case, replacements are needed and for this phase three of the podcast, if you will, given that a certain Marvel film is also out now, uh, we welcome Sarah Cullen to the The Marvel Podcast. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hello, Richard. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: No problem, person that I know in real life. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll get straight on the news unless you want to introduce yourself a bit more and say what you do in life. Um, you don't have to, we can just move straight on.
1: Uh, yeah, I am a literature student, I suppose, but uh, film would be some of my... Serious interests. Where mm, I good, 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 good. Yeah, um, that's about it, really.
0: Excellent, succinct, to the point. Mm-hmm. Good, very economical. Some sad news in the world of animation. A studio Ghibli death has occurred. Sarah.
1: Uh, yeah, actually, two sort of.
0: Oh, two, Sarah. Yes.
1: No, no, well, no it's the second one isn't a Ghibli death, mm. but just two two deaths in the world of Japanese film. Kiko Futaki, who she was an animator on a lot of Ghibli films. Or Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, uh, My Neighbour Totoro, amongst others. And she was also one of the animators on uh, Akira. Oh, nice. So, yeah, she, uh, she's done a lot of work. Mm. And sadly, she died there during the month. Um, she's only 58 years old, so I don't think anyone expected that. No, that's Very, very sad. And the second death was of a voice actress who, she did the voices of uh, Sora on Digimon. And, um, that is a throwback reference yes. that I don't get but okay oh okay <laughs> I
0: recall Digimon like vaguely I okay, wouldn't know who Sora enough. is but well, yeah. the main character or not the main no, character okay. the,
1: the main female character I guess Right, right, right. Um, but yeah and she also did the voice of Minnie Mouse in the Japanese version of Kingdom Hearts hmm. yeah so she was a Yuko Mizutani and she only she was only fifty one. So there's some weird, sad early deaths going on. Hmm, in that Japan. is unusual. Yeah,
0: it's kind of been a year for that, though, hasn't it? Like with Bowie yes. and everyone else has Absolutely. died in the last five months.
1: So it's only fair, really. That the, the real epidemic the is is death. Yes.
0: Um. So. Moving on from that to tonally completely different news uh, that interests me and only me, they have cast Lara Croft uh, for the new Tomb Raider reboot and it's uh, shockingly not Daisy Ridley which everyone thought it would be, it is Alicia Vikander which as people have pointed out is weird because it's the Angelina Jolie thing again where she got really big in the indie film scene, got an Oscar and then her first thing after getting an Oscar is to do Tomb Raider. (laughs) Which you I mean? I am looking forward to the reboot. But then again, I am a unapologetic, disgusting fanboy. So, but I mean, it, it can't be as bad as the old. You've seen the two many movies, have you? At any point in your life?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm actually pretty sure I saw the first one in cinema. Yeah, me too. I saw both of them in cinema. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> like good. they're they're great in hindsight, but they're like they're really terrible films, and yeah. it, it's weird kind of pre nine eleven high camp. True. I don't know. The new one should be good.
1: There's is there someone else? Fairly big in the first one, who's like the Batman. Daniel Craig's in it,
0: yeah. Daniel, oh, okay. Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig and oh, yeah. <laughs> Ian Glenn are both in that one. And ah. Then the second one, like it's Jared Butler and no one else of note. Oh, okay. Kieran Hines in the second one actually. Yeah, Kieran Hines, who in interviews since was like, "Oh, what are we doing? Terrible choices." <laughs> and then he was in the Hitman sequel. I was like, uh, okay. "What are you doing, Kieran Hines? You don't need this, and at least you don't like it." So what do you, ugh, hypocrites? Hypocrites, <laughs> all of them. But uh, yeah, at least good actress, liked mm. her a lot in Next Machina. Uh, she was fine in. Oh, like Whoa, what was Danish she? Girl? Man from Uncle. Oh, Danish Girl too. yeah. Mm. Danish Girl. was a, Actually, yeah, she was the best thing in Danish Girl. I think she deserved She deserved that Oscar, but she deserved it more for Rex Machinow. I feel. Mm. Uh, speaking of video game films, we have finally gotten a trailer for Assassin's Creed. Sorry, Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard. Mm. I think it looks pretty good. You have not seen it and cannot contribute to this conversation. No, sorry. <laughs> like, it's weird, because did you see that Macbeth film last year?
1: Uh, no, actually no. didn't. I probably should have, but I did it's uh,
0: I don't know. It's weird. it's weird that in a year where Fassbender played Macbeth Beth, he didn't get any nominations for it. Because he was good, but he got Steve Jobs instead, which is whatever. Uh but it's the same director, weirdly as that, for this and also Cottyards, I've seen that one too. I mean video game movies are rarely good, this one at least has the aesthetic, right? Uh the trailer is good apart from the choice of music, which is awful so it's Kanye West for no <laughs> reason other than I assume they're like, What if kids don't like this very popular franchise, get them a rap music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that should be good, hopefully. We are really just, like, plowing through news here. Yeah. Uh, The next one you can at least talk about was what you brought up to me, which was the trailer for a film called The Daughter. An Mm. Australian film, I think? I'm going to assume by the fact that the cast are all Australian, it's probably Australian.
1: Yeah, I think that is a fairly good guess. Um, Mm. I think it's a first-time director, so he probably is... Shooting where he lives, maybe the good idea. If he makes is. sense, makes sense. The movie is apparently based on Henrik Ibsen's play "The Wild Duck," but just the trailer itself is—I just really, really liked it. I saw it in the cinema before. I think everybody wants some, possibly. Okay. So <laughs> which we'll, we'll, get just, later, yeah, we? we'll get to later. Yeah, we'll get to later. But it was just nice to see a trailer that did not give away anything. I, you know, now I've watched the trailer two, three times, and. I still have no clue what's actually going to happen. Like yeah. It's obviously, it's a family drama. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of dark secret yeah. hidden there
0: somewhere, but it's really unclear what it is. Because like, yeah. even the title, I feel like, you said to me that the title kind of the biggest spoiler. I don't know that it is, because I, I can't... There's a couple of lines in the trailer that imply a certain thing could mm. be happening, and if that's the case, then yes, the title means that, probably, but... There's so many different threads being alluded to in that one trailer, and like in like what three minutes, it's, it's yeah. it feels like it's a full season of a TV show almost that they're advertising. Yeah. It's really, I'd watch it, and mm. uh, and also Anna Torv's in it. I love Anna Torv; she's not in much these days. That's yeah, that's you know, cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of big names in it. Plus, yeah, Sam Sam Neill, yeah, Miranda Otto, Otto mm. uh, Jeffrey Rush, oh, Jeffrey Rush, yeah. and um, also also I think his name is Paul Schneider. I don't think he's a relation of the Schneiders, <laughs> but um, he was Mark in the first two, ep- two seasons of Parks and Recreation. Right. Which are the two seasons everyone dislikes, but I love <laughs> because...
0: Are you implying, Sarah, that you have contrary <laughs> opinions to the most kind of popular thoughts on things?
1: Oh, I, I, that is that a could be interesting, s- interesting That is a see. slight <laughs> on my character. No, but um, it is very true. He is sort of the straight guy who, mm-hmm. you know, he's quite boring. He doesn't even <laughs> seem to realize that everything that's going on around him is insane. Yeah, And I think people didn't really find that very interesting i think that's maybe why the first two seasons weren't as successful but i kind of like the fact that like he's the the one guy who has to just be normal mm. in amidst chaos and i think he did that pretty well
0: that's a hard role so, to do i mean yeah, yeah that actually requires a lot more restraint as an actor than yeah, exactly. just like i get to dream into chaos uh, yeah no that's a fair point yeah, um, so yeah.
1: I'm, I'm i haven't seen him in anything else so i'm like eh, here he is <laughs> he's still alive it's good
0: in this strange film that we couldn't possibly describe the plot of. yeah it's, <laughs> exactly it's a good. Uh, like yeah I think it's really it's an excellent kind of mood piece setter that trailer because mm-hmm. I yeah I like you I have no idea what's happening in that movie but it looks vaguely unsettling and kind of creepy and yeah especially given that if it is shot in Australia which you'd expect to be kind of quite bright and sunny it's all very kind of washed out looking mm-hmm. and absolutely yeah and no, it looks really good yeah. I will definitely check that one out I suppose one more bit of not even casting news but maybe casting news there has been endless talk this week of if or last month I suppose really if Craig is in or out for Bond I think it was the Daily Mail around that story that he turned down 58 68 million one of those figures to do two more of them which if it's true I have the utmost respect for the man because that's that really shows that he was not doing this for money he was doing this for like I hate saying doing this for the art of Bond movies but you know doing it (laughs) because he actually felt something decent about it I hope he did turn that, that much money because that's amazing. The bookies stopped taking bets on Tom Hiddleston being the next one, which made uh-huh. everyone kind of go. Someone somewhere knows something and has told someone. Elba is still up for it, apparently, uh-huh. and then of course Julian Anderson was quite vocal on Twitter trying to get the whole Jane Bond thing going. Mm. I think it would be amazing if they cast her. I mean, I don't think they will. I think we're getting to the point now where we'll probably get a female Doctor Who in the near future. Uh-huh. I think right. a black Bond is definitely possible in the near future. I don't think they're ready for a woman yet. Mm. <laughs> Especially given what we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and I think, well, I mean, the Bond franchise, they can afford a flop now and again, because it's a thing that can constantly keep rebirthing itself. And it's, it doesn't matter if a few of them fail. Like, the the Dalton ones didn't do well at the box office. The, the Lazy not do didn't do well at the box mm. office. I think everyone hated the last Brosnan one. And that's it made money, though, I suppose, yeah. or anything. So yeah, I think they could risk a woman. I personally would love the Bond franchise to just go completely um, serialized. Just get whatever director wants to do it at that time. Let them cast who they want, like not just adhering to sort of actor contracts. And I don't think you need that. I mean, I guess for the sake of branding, you need that. But um, mm. so, what? Who would your choice be? Do you think?
1: I think I would like to see Idris Elba. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there should, at some point, be a, a female mm, Bond, like
0: Halle Berry's character in the it Yeah, Day.
1: yeah <laughs> no, I, I guess so. Maybe. <laughs> he was awful. I honestly, as much as I would think it would be great to see, that is a pipe dream. That's not going to mm, happen no, for another is, yeah. twenty years. Or, probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But no, I think Idris Elba, like he's, he's just good. He's just really good at you know what he does and. It would be great. Like, I think it would be really good to see a Cockney Bond. You know, like, I think that is as big a step as having a person of colour playing Bond, you know? Is it
0: weirdly? I feel like <laughs> I have no problem with them completely playing with the race and the gender of Bond. I feel like you need that classism, though. I mean, that needs to. <laughs> Possibly, I <can't>,
2: yeah. <laughs> I
0: feel like the film, not that it wouldn't work, but I feel like they'd, they'd have to spend too much time writing around it if there was Cockney Bond, like going to these soirees and tuxedos and just it would.
1: You're a fan of
2: yeah. um, Kingsman, right? Yes. Oh, that's sort of cockney bond a little bit, maybe. Not but even actually, that, it's cockney bond, perfor- but per- yeah, maybe? but it's still
0: performative kind of gentleman <laughs> okay, kind of character. Well. The whole point at the end of it is him pretending to be, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, well, he- yeah. No, I think Sam Mendes came out and said that he's not doing the next one, which I think is probably good given how things turned out. Like, but uh, I think he has some kind of insider knowledge, and he's like, it's not going to be who you think it is the next Bond. So I guess mm. talks are happening, and some decision has been made made. People are saying it could be Jack O'Connell, which would, would kind of go with your Cockney oh, Bond idea. And yeah. I think that's a good choice, but I also feel like it's too close to Craig. I think yeah. it's another kind of kind of big, broody, thuggish kind of guy, yeah. which is like, he's a great actor, Jack O'Connell. But I, I don't know if they should go for a, a, a Craig 2.0. Mm, yeah, That's why Hiddleston, I think, is a really interesting choice, because he's, he's very kind of classically trained, very British, very posh.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's, I think he is sort of more... It's closer to the original, like, yeah, so like, uh, kind of taller, yeah.
0: wiry, sort of just mm-hmm. a person you would expect to be a classic dick, essentially. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I mean, we, you kind of expect Craig to sort of get his knuckles dirty, kind of thing. Mm.
0: He has a face that looks like it's been through many, many fights, yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah, so that'll hopefully get some actual news in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, I believe you saw Lemonade, speaking of females in films, yes,
1: I did. I think it's. <clears throat> It's good. So mm. I, I don't know that I can sort of be that um, enlightening about it. It's, yeah. it, it's lots of, sort of, some of them are quite disparate scenes. Some of them kind of, there's obviously also themes going through it about, like, being a black woman in America today and historically. Um, a lot of very beautiful scenes in in Woodland of, like, impeccably dressed women and girls. And there's also scenes of Beyoncé smashing cars as she runs down a okay. uh, packed um, modern day city so yeah there's a lot of very crazy things going on and a lot of sort of experimental stuff as well I'd sort of term it as being sort of like malik esque mm-hmm. but whereas you know Malick as a white male in a world where white males <laughs> tend to you know get their way yep. where, he, where he talks whimsically about oh, how hard it is to be a man or... average white man. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, you actually have someone who comes from a disempowered background Mm. talking about the struggles to actually have a voice to get heard in America. So there's something going on there. Whereas, so even if you're not crazy about the Malik aesthetic, as I wouldn't be, I still kind of saying, well, you've got a point there. You have been marginalized. You have been in one of the worst positions as a group of people for hundreds of years so yeah actually I might sit back and listen to you because you know it's about time I do
2: <laughs> yeah, so, fair yeah it's nice
0: <laughs> I still find it bizarre that we're sitting in a, a day and age when you can say discussing the the malic aesthetic of something <laughs> created by Beyonce
2: yeah like
0: this was 10 years ago I'd be like what that doesn't make any sense
2: uh, yeah, there you
0: go. I feel like the things I've heard about it you've actually kind of sold me on just there the way you described it because I heard people describing it that it was it was a, it was kind of a weird version of feminism that it wasn't it took a. Oh, how did I describe it? It Was like they were saying that it. It, um, it kind of took as its base point a significantly less problematic world than we actually live in. That the kind mm-hmm. of the, the angle she's coming from with it sort of assumes a certain level of pre-existing equality or privilege for everyone anyway, and that's why it's mm-hmm. not. It's not like irrelevant what she's talking about, but it. It, it still kind of stems from a very specific background that I think kind of in keeping the Malik thing, I suppose, is sort of the sort of wealthy, slightly privileged background. Mm. And admittedly she's still got a different voice and some like an interesting voice to have on it, but it is still not for every I don't know. I can't. <laughs> having not seen it,
1: I can't really feel
2: like a talk about it.
1: But. It's a fair point. You know, I know it wasn't it like Bell Hooks has come out with a big That's what it was yeah, Bell Hooks yeah, I yeah. about it, yes. And obviously I'm sure there's there's loads of things you could nitpick and yes. not even nitpick but actually come out and criticize mm. about the film beyonce is certainly not underprivileged herself <laughs> so I, you could obviously say why should she be the mouthpiece for genuinely mm. disempowered women when she is not one of them herself but i suppose you need a starting point no i stuff. agree with that
0: yeah exactly because um, um, how many other like prominent sort of black voices are there in yeah. mainstream culture at this point so exactly. yeah exactly it needs to be starting points, so yeah i think that's a, a fair assessment mm-hmm. by two white people of this, of this <laughs> <Yeah. I> think <laughs> in a really different have continent <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh
0: well speaking of representations of women in culture ghostbusters yes. is almost out <laughs> and i don't think we've talked about this in the podcast before me and john might have at some point said briefly that oh it's a pile of shit this whole nonsense debacle around it it is mm-hmm. just bizarre that i yeah. know I feel we're hitting a sort of tipping point with these 80s remakes anyway that I remember like Robocop came out and everyone was like this is just a terrible idea it shouldn't exist and that was actually an okay film there's probably something else throughout in the near future that's also an 80s remake and mm. I still want to see that ultimate reality where they announce this film and it is just you know as the joke goes Jonah Hill
2: yes, um, yeah.
0: whoever else I guess it's just an all male remake and people would still be angry about it but I feel like it would sort of come and go without mm. any problem. But because it's women and yeah. the feminist agenda taken yeah. over Hollywood, suddenly there is just so much sort of digital ink being spilled over this one and endless videos and so people, what's-his-name, saying he won't review it now. It's
2: just oh, yeah, nonsense. Yeah.
0: Absolute nonsense. Because, I mean, I don't... I've never seen the original Ghostbusters, for one thing. So I don't. Yeah, have, I have yeah, no horse yeah. in this race to start with. I'll probably see the new one partially out of spite mm-hmm. to the people there just trying to make it fail. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But also because everyone's like oh the trailer's so terrible have you seen a Kevin Kevin like a Paul Feig movie like the trailers are always absolutely, terrible yeah, Spy yeah. had a dreadful trailer. that's one of my favourite films of the last year yeah. it was great Bridesmaids terrible trailer mm, really funny film
1: absolutely yeah
0: go <laughs>
1: yeah no no I, I agree completely and actually I mean I've seen the trailer twice mm-hmm. and I laughed both times maybe I have a ta- really yeah like, I
0: didn't laugh at all I actually think it is, it is a terrible <laughs> trailer but I, I still don't want to see the film anyway yeah
1: well I, I first time i think i actually quite liked their double take on let's go
0: that was good yeah that was good that was funny
1: and then the end which obviously as someone pointed out this is a male this is a masculine voice saying this that's why i laugh and <laughs> um, the end when chris hemsworth is showing oh, yeah. them yeah. his design is this, these are the boobs i can make them <laughs> bigger if you like and it's like that is i laughed a lot yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> that's know? fair um
1: and but like as you say i did not see bridesmaids for years because i saw I actually don't even know if i saw the trailer i heard mm. people say it's the male version or sorry it's the female version of the hangover yeah that put me I off of like, two well honestly i didn't even see the male version so, yeah, me you <laughs> know? um and i went to see spy out of no particular hope for it a slow news day yeah. you know <laughs> let's go to see a movie i laughed all the way through it freaks and geeks only lasted 13 episodes it's one of the best shows. I love it.
0: Oh, did you do that too? I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, he's the director right. of that. okay. And, I mean, if if not for nothing, I love him as uh, Mr. Poole and Sabrina. He, he's, he's the what? teacher. Yes, that is him. That
0: never... Oh, okay, <laughs> wow, right, right, right.
1: So, that's... I know that's he didn't direct Sabrina, as far as I know, but... You're full
0: of 90s references today. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think Paul Feige is great, and, yes, you wouldn't always even know it because... He, it's not that great a marketer or whatever. Mm, mm. Or, or, or his team, isn't Yeah, there? It's obviously not him. He's not involved. <laughs> so it's just, it's amazing as well because this is just a trailer. How can you be that angry at something that isn't even a real thing yet? You know?
0: <laughs> I will say, I kind of agree with the point that people said that... Okay, I don't agree with the vitriol existing, but I understand mm-hmm. that they kind of poked the bear with this one in that when they announced this film initially, they didn't announce it as we're making a ghost was a reboot by the way it's an all-female cast Mm -hmm. it was where they announced it before they cast it as going as intentionally being an Mm all-female reboot that was probably a mistake like even if the cast have been i I, again i don't feel they need to do this but if the cast have been like you know half male half female as for you know quote unquote balance sake Mm -hmm. this mightn't have been as bad i feel they definitely either willingly or not antagonized a very vocal and prominent sort of backlash against feminism that exists mm. online these days um, which is a mistake and the fact that the trailer i really know the trailer was wasn't good because yeah, i was like damn it they're just feeding the flames here <laughs> yeah and it's a weird time for hollywood and movies and women because i that whole thing during the week of them saying that wonder woman is now the first film directed by a woman that'll have a hundred million dollar budget yeah. that was kind of shocking to hear well. honestly and i really hope that one doesn't fail too which it really could given how dire batman superman mm. was but she was investing in it, so whatever. Uh, but yeah, like, so Ghostbusters does terribly, and then Wonder Woman does terribly. Like, what happens? like, what happens? Where do we go from here? Because it feels like yeah. they, Hollywood's actually been trying in the last couple of years, I think, mm. to get women in involved more.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you brought this up on um, previous mm-hmm. podcasts. There's um, been a big meta ana- meta-analysis of dialogue throughout like thousands of Hollywood films. Done. No. It was released, I think, it was probably last last two months and it was looking at um the amount of dialogue spoken by women by men the age of the men and women speaking it and i think that there was a rule that to be taken into account each character had to say at least 10 lines of dialogue possibly like it couldn't just be guy in the street going he's over there or whatever unsurprisingly the results were yes men have so much more dialogue. <laughs> Shocking. Yes, and also when women do get to speak, it's under thirties or right, the people who yeah. get to, the women who get to speak tend to be young and attractive. That's, shockingly, as well.
0: I mean, it's not surprising, but it's still kind of unsettling to hear it when it's that <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah, condensed yeah. Sort of a thing.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the things that that shows is that, like, even in a film where you might have say two, three main enough female characters, chances are they're surrounded by like twenty secondary characters mm. who are all male. You might have the good guy, his girlfriend, his mum, his his best friend who's male, all their friends, the bad guy, and the bad guy's 20 henchmen. You, you know, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of setup. So, like, honestly, even when you're like, hey, look, there's a good female character in there, you can't complain, we, we did it, yay. It's like, yeah, and they have... They say 10% of the dialogue. Everything else is said, said by men. And, like, I think... Movies like uh, Fury Road
2: mm-hmm.
1: have done what, uh, you know, other films haven't, is that they actually included, like, women as cannon fodder.
2: Yeah. You know, like, okay. there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's
1: women who are just there. Like, they're pretty much 50% of the population mm-hmm. of the movie. Whereas most movies, like, okay, they have a couple of good female characters, Leia or whatever, in mm. the original Star Wars. Everyone else is male. So, like, I think what Hollywood needs to do is maybe not write so many, not con- not sort of focus solely on, look, we have one male, main female character. We're doing really good. It's like, look, make half your characters female. Chances are some of them will be good.
0: Yes. I mean, you'd hope. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) In the same way that like most of your male characters aren't good, but there's enough of them that some of them are good. (laughs) So like for me, that's where Hollywood needs to go next. Have movies. Mm. Either, either, you know, like add some female henchmen in there or actually focus on situations where women are there <laughs> and maybe you will get good movies.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I sense this movie will probably be fixed in our lifetimes. um But yeah. I, I, I do hope Ghostbusters does it at least. I mean, it's not going to do well. I've already, know, no. it's going to fail the box office. It's going to be, well, see, I think it's going to one of those cases of on like Rotten Tomatoes, it'll be probably, let's say around, if it's halfway decent, it'll be mm. like, you know, a 60% movie on the critical side and like a negative 100 on the fan, yeah, quote unquote, side yeah. of things i just because oh, even because they, like, they, they must know at this point it's going to fail like what mm. are, what are their plans what are they going to do with this yeah. I, I don't understand like should they even release it at all at this point i
1: don't know uh. maybe they can make a sequel and it can be better than the original sequel and mm. <laughs> they're,
0: they're not going to do that or didn't dan say he wants to do it all like an, an all-male also remake just to, to fight oh, this one again. and then Jesus. yeah then he wants to do a a ghostbuster cinematic universe because they're all in vogue these days i don't know what you do with that like i don't know if that's a a single film that has a a universe potential to it but sure Mm. sure the point is it's all terrible yeah and moving on to reviews um we've kind of been off the air so to speak uh for a while now so i don't think we'll bother reviewing the likes of batman superman it's not good uh you haven't seen a few of the other kind of superhero-y things mm. so we'll just stick to things that we both seem usually works out best for these conversations so let's start with whiskey tango foxtrot another film in the the recent cadre is that your parents that word is cadre? cadre
2: cadre cadre yeah whatever
0: we're all fancy here <laughs> we, we have degrees yes. um, which did you see actually did you see what is the name of that film from last year our brand is crisis
1: yes i did you did
0: did it occur to you that it's the same film as Whiskey Tango Fox,
1: It <laughs> did occur to me actually
0: Because yes. it feels like again back to Hollywood sort of making baby steps towards getting mm. women their own movies it, they kind of just made the same movie twice
1: Yeah I agree Actually uh, to be fair I didn't think of them as the same story but actually I was thinking like yeah here we go more female empowerment um, well, no, Sorry, it's, it's sort of, sorry I'll yeah. take that back it's not oh, female yes. empowerment it's, it's sort of Normalised
0: like, feminine world. Um, yeah it's sort of,
1: of white saviour narrative with a yes. female character yeah, because it's white women
0: in traditionally male roles going to... Escaping America's America, it's too hard being mm-hmm. privileged. Yeah. And going to, like, developing world nations being like, it's so much better here. And both films are them sort of just kind of going native, I suppose, to yeah, a point. And yeah. both of them also involve Billy Bob Thornton in supporting <laughs> <Yes>. roles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I actually really enjoy it with Keanu Foxtrot, though. I I think it's... Again, I, I hate comparing it just endlessly to Arbrana's Crisis, but it feels like it's the same kind of movie, but I think they had a stronger focus on pointing out the fact that she's a woman doing these things. I felt like our Crisis sort of nicely didn't mention mm. that and didn't feel the need to mention that. But WTF was very on the whole very kind of strong on the whole Here's men doing journalism. Here's women doing it. Oh, mm. dangerous. And like when she's going off on the road, all the, the army guys. And I suppose you yeah, should probably explain yeah. the plot first uh, quickly. <laughs> Tina Fey plays a journalist in some rag in New York, I think, or what? Mm. I can't remember. And her life's going nowhere and she's sad and depressed with her middle class existence. And then the opportunity to go to, not Baghdad, where is it?
1: Okay, I wish I could remember now. Damn it, um, <laughs> wasn't
0: even Iraq. It's Afghanistan, so i maybe more yeah, wrong saying back like that it
1: was because wasn't the whole thing like it's not getting enough coverage because yeah,
0: because Iraq. Oh yeah. God, okay, Afghanistan. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in Afghanistan. Yes, we are so far off country, first world. <laughs> um, so she goes there through journalism and quickly kind of absorb, kind of falls into the lifestyle of kind of the the hard living, fast living. Sort of dangerous journalism combined with the sort of the partying lifestyle of it, Mm. and then sort of you know, it's all about can she do this? And then she kind of falls in love, or does Mm. she? And then she has a a rivalry which she must, of course, have with the other female character. And Mm -hmm. but it sort of tries to be progressive. And there is that one really funny joke is in the trailer too, where um, she's reporting on the first Iraqi woman, or I think anyone, I suppose. To get a driving license. Mm -hmm. This is a very important day of feminism everywhere. And she backs the car into a wall. That's (laughs) that's that for women and just leaves. Yeah. (laughs) No, that sucks for women. (laughs) Yeah, I think it it had a nice balance of being funny but dramatic. I think it. Mm. I kind of hate the term dramedy or whatever you say for those things. But I think they initially sort of play down the whole the dangers of war. It kind of reminds me of the episode of South Park when uh Jimbo and what's his face are describing Vietnam and it's all just like water slides and roller coasters oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit like that in mm. places where it says look how much fun they're just partying up and um yeah. I, the name keeps coming to me where it is and it keeps vanishing again <laughs> it doesn't matter whatever city they're in uh but also then you get the kind of the more serious moments of like IEDs going off and actual mm. death and danger and yeah, It's yeah. I think it's actually pretty good I actually really don't like Martin Freeman generally Really? Yeah, I can't stand what? Martin Freeman. I don't know. I can't stand Martin Freeman. And uh, I thought he was really good here. He was He was kind of playing against type. Yeah, He yeah. was annoying and insufferable, but that was kind of the point of his character you know, for once. It wasn't yeah. just what he was like. And there was some nice reverse damseling with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good job movie. Yes.
1: When it sort of got outside this white saviour narrative thing, I think mm-hmm. it did really well. Mm. And that was something that... Um, our brand, Crisis, couldn't escape. It was all about this white person coming and, oh no, trying to get over um, altitude sickness. Oh, will she do it? <laughs> do we, like, honestly, because that's what we oh, care God. about, apparently. The parenting.
0: first 10 minutes <laughs> of that movie are, like, a crappy rom-com, and it's really, nice. yeah. like, she's the whole, like, falling over thing, and it's, yeah. so it's really weird. Then it segues into, like, being a, an actual film again. Yeah, that's there. it. Um, I... I felt like that film though was quite cynical towards the end, and it didn't really resolve itself in a happy wrap. Like it kind of feels like she fucked over that country, and then just sort of doesn't do anything about it. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's, it is sort of the white savior thing, but it sort of turns on its head and does the whole whiteness is death almost. I suppose,
1: trope. but I mean, I mean, then but then the very the final yeah. s- shot is of her like striding purposefully because she is now going to right the wrongs that she wronged yeah, true, in the first place. So I mean, it's just sort of a weird. Mess of a film, I think. But, I still find uh, it of enjoyable, but yeah, no, no yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, like, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we should probably specify that we were talking about our brand's prices yes. there. Just, uh, so, Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot, less. More
0: consistent. So. Um, I, I think funnier as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. I really enjoyed, oh my god, we should have done any research on this one. <laughs> who played the kind of government official that was trying to chatter up, who also played Doc ock in The Amazing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, actually. <laughs> What's his name? Damn it the hell. I know it so well. <laughs> anyway he was very funny mm. uh, I liked his little cameos I was wondering I, I didn't check I don't know what his is in real life I assumed he was American maybe he's not mm. um, so is it some kind of potentially problematic uh, yes. performance I don't know Quite it's irrelevant <laughs> I did think the film on the whole was nicely unpatriotic it didn't mm. sort of it, try and go look at our boys overseas they're always heroes it was a bit more no they're kind of fuck ups and true yeah yeah this whole invasion isn't really great for anyone so (laughs) that was kind of nice Um, I just noticed the last note I have down here in this which I I would have taken back in March was probably problematic to someone somewhere but progressive (laughs) in it's lack of progressiveness
2: Yeah.
0: in that they didn't feel the need to overly sort of do the whole I see the problem is I kind of it's schizophrenic in that I feel they did address the fact that she's a woman doing a man's job in the man's Mm. world an awful lot but at the same time, it didn't sort of drown you in it. Even yeah. though when she gets back to America, the whole thing is, oh, you're a woman the whole time. I remember her new boss as a woman. Oh was like, yeah. There's enough of that sort of nonsense that it kind of irked me. But on the whole, I think, um, it, like you're saying, like it didn't it didn't overly try and make every female character the female character. Someone kind of yeah. we're just kind of background characters, and that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. And there was no well, no, there wasn't applause in there. <sighs> Whatever it was, I, I think it was pretty good. I'd recommend it. it, it Above all else, it's still funny. It's mm. a good comedy, yeah, and so... there's some real laugh-out moments. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, a Captain America Civil War, all which...
2: Right.
0: Um... Now, Sarah, over the years, we've had many <laughs> conversations about su- superhero films. Yes, we have. I been. feel like we probably agreed more on this one than we've had on many of them.
2: Yeah, which is sort of a shame. <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> well, no, you still didn't like it uh, that yeah, much. Yes. So, I think agreed. it's possibly Marvel's best one to date. I think they did an amazing job of, given just how on a pitch level this must look like a mess mm-hmm. getting that many characters on screen giving them all adequate screen time especially given that we just saw Batman Superman in recent months try to the, the same rough plot arc and fail miserably at it mm-hmm. I think the the stakes were set up really early on very well whose side was on whose it made total sense for all those characters to be on their respective sides everyone got adequate screen time I felt um, Spider-Man especially given that they got the rights back to him into production and just had to like shoehorn that sequence in it felt very organic Tom Holland is probably the best best on-screen Spider-Man so far. It's got a much... I'll stop talking it It's got a much better balance of comedy and drama than I think many of them have. Like Winter Soldier, which I do love, I think it's brought down by the moment when they feel they need to inject levity and they just really awkwardly kind of crowbar in jokes, Mm -hmm. which I don't think work. This one, it was very funny in places. It was also dramatically compelling enough to feel not inert mm-hmm. i do think that the airport the big civil war titular airport fight is a different film mm. uh because it's it's kind of like there's drama 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 stakes 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 and then it's like this fight is kind of not going to end with anyone dying that yeah. well, sort of i suppose a bit of a thing happens but everyone sort of acknowledge that they're not going to kill each other they're mm. all still friends at the end of the day so let's just have a bit of a tussle and watch paul road be great <laughs> and then move on with the plot uh yeah, no, I think it was really good. I think it was great and I enjoyed it. I can't see it again. Mm. Sarah, rebuttal. All
1: right. Um, I do actually, I agree with some of your points. For sure. <laughs> I know, shocker. Um, like, I think they did a good job of juggling a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. I don't think that those characters were all particularly interesting. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> some of them were, some of them I thought were not. Name names. I, I think Spider-Man... Mm-hmm. that Tom Holland did a great job I actually have a lot of hope for the next yeah, Spider-Man same. movie yeah same for the
0: first time in my life I'm actually looking forward to a yeah, Spider-Man movie absolutely
1: like I think it's the first time that they um, they got the right amount of sort of sarcasm quippiness
0: where he's annoying but not insufferable yeah, Whereas where exactly. Tobey Maguire was like you want to punch him in the face
1: yeah absolutely he was too nerdy yeah you know and then Andrew Garfield was just a cool emo yeah who, so which, like that's not Spider-Man nope. so I don't care <laughs> missed the point so I mean I thought that Tom Holland did a great job Well Spider-Man but I thought the the scene with him with Tony Stark coming to visit him so shoehorned in. I thought it was terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a weird scene, and it's, I, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, because yeah. the thing like the whole uh, Marceau May casting Aunt May thing. I thought that's nice. They're not like mm. being obliged to get like an old woman to do it. They can cast <laughs> like whoever. And that's fine. Yeah. But then they have to draw me. so much attention to it.
1: Make Aunt May hot again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which, again, I don't mind doing that, but I just felt like it was creepy having Robert Downey Jr. come in there and just hit on her and just go, wow, she's, look at this woman who's, like, in her, like, what, her 40s? She's shockingly hot for her age, (laughs) I say, like a 55-year-old man. It's just, it's so weird. And even just, yeah, having this, like, midlife crisis person in a teenager's room trying to recruit him into an army, it's really, the connotations are not good. no. They're not good.
1: And I think especially, it just seems strange with Tony earlier in the film, considering mm. that he was so guilty about having killed A young dying, people. child dying, yes. Yeah. Are you that guilty? Or are we supposed to actually just not like you very much? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure which. So yeah, stuff like that, I didn't really like very much. Mm-hmm. I think as well that um, the Vision and Scarlet Witch and yeah. Hawkeye plot, that was poor. Because... Scarlet Witch is the most powerful character, and yep. to have Hawkeye come in and take her hand, be like, "Come on, we're gonna skip away." It's like Hawkeye. Honestly, anyone else could take you out so easily. Go home. You know, your family loves you. They don't want to see you die. So fair. It's just, just things like that. They, just, they just really irked me because it just doesn't make any sense. Don't send the least powerful in to rescue the most powerful character. But, yeah, okay. you know, that kind of stuff happened. All right, yeah, all right. That's, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: and I actually, I think it's quite interesting that you're saying that the airport scene was something out of another movie, because for me, I had no stake in that.
2: I think fight. no one did
0: really. I think yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of. If there's a major problem with the movie, aside from Danny Junior. just being really lecherous and weird in that one scene, mm-hmm. I think it is that. It's, it's, it's. There are, no, there's no stakes because they intentionally make there to be no stakes.
1: I guess so, but. I- then it's like then why put it in (laughs) because
0: it looked amazing
1: (laughs) yeah and actually that's kind of one of the things like not obviously I think it's good when movies look good but I think to put something in purely as fan service is not a great idea or at least I don't think it's it's like it's not something that appeals mm. to me because I would prefer actual stakes to be at stake (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I feel like the stakes—they—they kind of tricked you with that. One. I think the actual stakes come in the last fight when it's okay. just the three of them in the mm-hmm. Soviet bunker. Because that's that's the moment I thought someone could actually die here. I, I wasn't sure if they were going okay. to kill someone off or not. Because like you know, you kind of know Iron Man can't die because he's contracted for the next Spider-Man movie and. If you've read Civil War comics, you're gonna know what mm. happens with Caps like that mm, could happen or Bucky. I, I felt like there was genuinely a moment that I wasn't sure if someone could die in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's their stake, that's good. And that was kind of the point when everyone sort of let loose because the, the motivations I kinda I'm not sure if I spoil it or not, I don't want to, but yeah, I feel like it it's kinda anyway. too. <laughs> uh screw that's spoil it. Right. So <laughs> the motivations all come out at the very end when it's it's Tony basically trying to avenge his dead like in Batman Superman, his dead mother. Um, you've seen those memes, yeah. aren't? yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is very surprising, because there's so many comparison points between Batman, Superman, and this. Yeah, yeah. That the fact that the mothers, the par- dead parents got involved, dead mothers got involved in the final fight scene between the, you know, the billionaire the mm. there and the Super Soul, or the symbol of America was very amusing. Huh. Uh, but yeah, so like the airport sequence, you have you have like dialogue between Hawkeye and Black Widow, where mm. it's like, we're not going to hurt each other because we're best friends, so yeah. let's just fight <laughs> for the crack. <laughs> so yeah there can't be stakes there whereas <laughs> so you get to the end and it's something like oh you hid the fact that your best friend murdered my parents from me mm-hmm. i will now go ballistic at you like that's this is good see i don't mind okay the fact i'll agree with you the fan service thing can really go either way for me because there's stuff in batman superman that was awful and mm-hmm. shouldn't have been in there for bat for fan service reasons i feel like the airport fight at the end of the day we're at, we're at a point now where superhero films kind of have some level of respect mm-hmm. as films and we're kind of used to them being a quote unquote about things Mm -hmm. and having real human (laughs) drama in them Uh, whereas that airport scene is devoid of all of that but Mm. at the same time there's still comic book films and i feel like if you're gonna have a civil war plot line where it's everyone fighting everyone you need something like that and there's no way i'm sorry there's no way to have a paul rudd giant man (laughs) sequence in any film with dramatic weight and that makes sense but as a bit of visual spectacle
2: that was amazing
0: (laughs) his crazy man eyes as he changed were the best thing i've seen all year yeah. And I just loved the airport fight. It mm-hmm. was a glorious bit of just indulgent confection.
1: Yeah, I will agree. I thought Ant-Man was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Paul Rudd is amazing. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. No question. Did you find the sort of use of shaky cam at all distracting? Not. I know no. it wasn't actually that bad in the airport scene. It was mm. more the first half of the film when there was less CGI going on. I found myself very distracted.
0: Um, it didn't By. really jump out to okay. me. I can't I, think of what scenes. Uh, many,
1: it was probably at the worst in the opening scene, which is possibly trying to be sort of a Paul Greengrass kind of espionage sequence oh, yeah. um, of like them chasing these guys down. I suppose it's it's obviously an over exaggeration to say you can't understand what's going on, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was kind of going like, what, who, why is someone so um, unconfident in their own work? that they need to rely this much on Shaky Cam to get through it, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't know, like, obviously, if it didn't affect your viewing, it didn't affect your viewing, that's fine. Just to me, I think sometimes in the in the Avengers movies and mm. the spin offs, I just find Shaky Cam makes me think, like, why are they doing this so it's much? Lazy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it annoyed me. That was another thing that sort of took away from my enjoyment mm, when my i
0: watch it again i'll look out for that because it didn't it didn't occur to me but now to think yeah. about it i did remember thinking that like i loved the fight at the end and i loved mm. some of the, the middle action sequences i did think that opening bit was kind of the weakest action sequence okay. maybe that's yeah. subconsciously why so mm. yeah that's absolutely that's really fair um in terms of like other smaller points this is probably the best danny jr's been since like iron Man one because mm. i feel like age of ultron for me maybe me just despise that character I, okay. like, this is just a one-dimensional kind of quip dispensing horrible human being Whereas here, they tried to give him actual emotions and motivations. And yeah. aside from the one thing he was cussed where he was awful, uh, <laughs> I think he was really good. I mm-hmm. actually t- quite a- felt it quite compelling and he got to like act properly,
2: I feel.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was definitely an improvement in Iron Man 3 where sort of <laughs> his terrible emotional turmoil is him stopping to, I don't know... Take a few breaths every yeah. now and again.
0: That's a panic tax work, right? PTSD. Yeah, that well, I, no, I yeah. suppose that
1: is true. Well, um, no, it's not though. Like it'd be far more debilitating than that. Yes. But, yeah, but yeah. no, yeah, he did a good job, definitely. Um, I think it was a shame Chris Hemsworth wasn't in it because he's always fun.
2: Um, but <laughs>
0: I'm okay with him not thing. being there. Same Ruffalo. I'm not like I, I like the Hulk fine, but I'm glad he wasn't mm. there. Kind of. I mean, my personal favorite cameo was Dean Pelton. Yes. Jim Rash's cameo <laughs> as just playing Dean Pelton again. Absolutely. That was so unexpected and so glorious.
1: Yes, yeah, so that was nice and. Yeah, I think he should have been in it more essentially. Oh well, he should more be in everything more. I sh- yeah. should I
0: want his own spin-off film. Just <laughs> Dean Felton doing all things all yes. yes. Uh but we didn't actually say Martin Freeman yet. Martin Freeman's oh, in this. Yes. <laughs> for no reason. He has yeah. like, let's say, a top four minutes of screen time. Mm. He has a dreadful American accent. Mm. Okay, it's not even that bad of an accent, it's just so distracting coming from his mouth.
1: I think so, yeah. And
0: yeah. he didn't. I'm convinced he's only here because they, that's a, it's one of those kind of smaller characters they can bring back if they need to. And mm. I feel like he won't show up again until probably either Doctor Strange or Infinity War just so they can have him on-screen a Bendicom Batch mm-hmm. and, like, some kind of vague shock <laughs> joke. I mean, that's the only reason he was cast, because that character was nothing. Absolutely. Didn't need to be there. No. The only other point I kind of think, the villains are always weak in these movies. It's mm. just a, a, a thing about Marvel. Um, I thought this was a good one, but they sort of messed it up by calling him Zemo. Okay, Fair Because enough. the whole point of that character, I thought, was that he was someone who lost his whole family mm. in Sokovia, and then, like, he is just some random guy that took down the Avengers, basically, yeah. in revenge. So by calling him Zemo, like, you, if you know any kind of comic books, you know Zemo is like this kind of Nazi
1: sure, yeah, lord yeah, yeah, fellow
0: yeah. that it's, he's... You're waiting for him to make more sense as a bad guy, whereas the point was he wasn't really a bad guy, he was just this grief-stricken husband and mm. father. So I think if they'd called... The point it should have been that he was just anybody, he was no one. Mm. I think it was weird calling him Zemo. Because yeah. was, that was a good performance, I thought, by Daniel Brule, Very kind very of understated mm. and that character motivation made a lot of sense. I thought he actually was pretty good as a villain, but they shouldn't have called him Zemo.
1: Yeah, actually feel like, and I won't spoil this because we might as well leave something unspoiled, <laughs> but I thought that the events of the movie actually made him more of a hero than anything. Which oh, is really? Weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know, should I say it? Yeah, no, not? go for it. I'm intrigued well, know what you mean now. Just like the fact that he killed the su- the rest of the super soldiers. Like he eliminated yeah. oh, a yeah, huge yeah, yeah, threat from the world, which I think was a misstep for the movie because surely... These super soldiers could have been the setup for a future movie, but now they're all dead. I'm
0: glad they're dead because I felt like when the airport battle was finished and they're like, right, "We have to go to uh, the Soviet base to fight mm-hmm. the the army of other Winter Soldiers." Like, ugh. you'd almost avoided doing the trap you do every movie, where it's just you know <laughs> the car is fighting a faceless army of dudes okay oh they're all dead good
1: no that 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 is fair enough but i mean it wouldn't have to be for the next movie or anything like it could be just some yeah, time suppose, down the line yeah, like true. you know some threat that you know could mm. potentially undermine them at some point point. and the other thing about them being able to take down nations in a single night yes if they're out there somewhere well who knows what might happen sometime now we know nothing will happen anytime you've kind of solved me that <laughs>
0: idea now yeah uh yeah, like if they'd done that though, people would be mad because of like we set up these winter soldiers and then just released them off screen and okay. then they didn't show. I think the fact they were killed at least was some something resembling closure.
1: I suppose so, but it just sort of makes Zemo like, well, he actually did the world a big favour. No, you're
0: right with that. <laughs> yeah. And also if you sort of think the Avengers are sort of a, a, a negative force and again yeah, he did yeah. a good thing there too, sort of.
1: It seems like yeah. a thing that was easy for the screenwriters to do at the time, but mm. sure, they can still bring them back to life like that's happened dozens of times you know there's hope yeah. <laughs>
0: there isn't no, I mean the marathons are very bad for death no one yeah stays
2: dead. exactly yeah, yeah.
0: which so. is why I'm glad they didn't even bother trying to fake it out with the roadie thing where he was, no he's just paralysed but mm. well, he was paralysed for like 10 seconds <laughs> then he got robot legs and he's yeah. fine so whatever although Don Cheadle looked dreadful in this film he looks like a, a million it. years old
1: yeah it was, it was a little bit worrying alright it all right. was wasn't <laughs> it because I think
0: he's probably the same age as Danny Jr Danny Jr, uh-huh. Jr. looks he's looking old but he looks you know mm. acceptable yeah um but no he looked dreadful mm. when, the, when the hell went down the first time I was like, oh dear god <laughs> who like sucked all the moisture out of his face he's just this weird husk of a man uh, i think we've discussed this long enough <laughs> civil war for me solid thumbs up from you wavering thumbs nah. up yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up we shall talk about bad neighbors too another sequel ah. that i think we actually were far more in agreement on yes Uh, Bad Neighbors One was a weird film. I remember when it was coming out, I saw the trailers and went ugh. Mm. Uh, Then saw some reviews and went no, no, it's actually a lot more subversive than you're thinking. I think Mm -hmm. the trailers are intentionally misselling it. And I was like, okay, watched it, loved it. Efron is great Seth Rogen is great kind of playing in the grown up version of his own characters from previous films yes. Rose Byrne is Rose Byrne isn't it? He is Rose yes. Byrne yes I always get her and Emily Blunt confused for some reason uh, oh really I don't know why because they don't look necessarily alike really no, no, but...
1: sorry that's really interesting because my cousin mixed yeah. them up in, in Bad Neighbours 2 oh, yeah? so th- there you go there's a reason for it
0: yeah because I remember talking about spying someone and I called Rose Byrne Emily Blunt and they were like what I was like yeah she's in that not. anyway <laughs> Rose Byrne um, great still mm. I think still the peak of her career is probably spy that role hmm. was amazing. But yeah, she was still great in this mm-hmm. uh, Zach Efron. I really think Zach Efron, I'm surprised after Bad Nimbus 1, he didn't get more anything really. Yeah, like yeah. He's just still doing sort of weird comedies on the side. I thought he'd been given like a Marvel franchise mm-hmm. by now or at least some shitty yeah. action series.
1: Well, my theory, which mm. I just made up right now, That's is excellent. <laughs> that um, I don't understand how he acquired Alec Baldwin's voice. But I suspect <laughs> that maybe until he gives it back, Alec Baldwin is like holding, you know holding him back from getting any higher bigger roles high you're saying
0: ali baldwin is secretly wearing like everyone like a person suit and just getting younger <laughs> yes. roles okay
2: yes.
0: <laughs> i that had not occurred to me i didn't i need to listen to their voices side by side now that's weird okay. and disturbing but anyway so bad neighbors one i felt was a very complete film like it had mm. an ending it had a message it Had a point yes um when they announced the sequel i was like oh no because the the film, like, ends on a really good note of, like, Efron realizing that he can't stay young forever mm-hmm. and, like, Seth Rogen's character kind of growing up a bit. And, like, that's really odd for this movie to have this sort of quite tight sort of mm-hmm. narrative. Sequel gets announced. It's Claire Moritz, who I love, as the villain this time for a sorority rather. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's, it's such intentionally lazy screen, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Bad Neighborhood. Same plot as the last one. Great. Uh, possibly funnier than the first one. I yeah. at least as funny. I I really loved it. I was shocked just how even more so than the first one progressive and subversive mm. it was. There was just some really seriously on point satire of uh like the whole issue with like black deaths by the police in America, mm. about this rape culture, about depictions of women. It was yeah. I was shocked. <laughs> I was really impressed with this film on this a level uh, that level.
1: hmm One thing that I also really liked mm-hmm. about it is It has really nice messages about like being friends with your spouse, which I know maybe sounds very corny, but as in like, I think there's maybe a moment in the first movie where they sort of have an argument, um, Seth Rogen and, um, but (laughs) yes, (laughs) but like it's literally they realize nearly straight away, like they're stronger together and Mm -hmm. that's nice. I think it's just nice that in these films it's sort of like they are best friends and there is there, there isn't anything about the like oh the ball and chain or yeah like,
0: like the nagging wife yeah, archetype. yeah or yeah, yeah. the
1: stupid overly stupid husband you know that's fairly stupid but they both are so like they work for each other and so we, it's just like look marriage doesn't have to be a terrible mm. hardship you know you can have fun and you can be happy
0: that's what even the know. way though <laughs> you yeah, know i totally agree with that actually i know that that's actually totally true but even the way like um Usually, in these kind of films, you might get the moment where the Seth Rogen character, which you do get, uh, mm-hmm. is sort of accosted by a bikini clad women, and yes. like, stop, <laughs> making them sexier. And then, like, with a big smile on his face saying, I don't like this at all. <laughs> yes. But then you actually get the reverse of that scene, which you rarely get in yes. films, where she's just basically. Zach Efron like, says, By the way, it's something on the lines of, By the way, if you ever want to, I'm totally up for sex with you. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, Okay. <laughs> and it's. But it never becomes this big sticking point between them. and like, They're both no. sort of accepting the fact that they're married and they love each other but they're also like well we're still like sexually beings we're yeah. still sexually, like people we <laughs> fancy other people of course we do
2: yeah like, absolutely. It, it's
0: really weirdly progressive yeah absolutely and the whole message of i think I, I like the fact that they even at the end of it they're still basically teenagers like mm. the two of them and they're like like we're you're faking it the entire time adult yeah. life is just faking it which i think we're both realizing in our <laughs> is totally true Yes, and it's it's a weird movie. I just I don't can't get over just how good it yeah. was. I forget. Like, but it still had all of the really stupid like dick jokes.
2: True. Yeah, and yeah.
0: Like the, some really solid top-notch gross-out humor, <laughs> like the baby leg hanging out of her.
2: Oh at the end. oh yes. God, just
0: awful. Um, or the <laughs> Zac Efron just pulls out his balls. Yes. And everyone just screams in horror. Yes. Brilliant. Fantastic.
2: <laughs> Loved it.
1: That was. There were a few moments where it's sort of like, what what was the reasoning behind this? He was doing this dance to, like take to distract the women the thing. in a really and, kind of but yeah, like, yeah. honestly it's, it's surely this is something he at least has theoretical knowledge of he's uh, I guess not <laughs> but like why did he think that was a good idea i mean it's hilarious but it just makes no sense
0: i guess it's just <laughs> gonna invert the whole gender thing of it. if that was a, a female uh, like doing that dance <laughs> to track men and she got like any part of her name yet, it would be like it would it would increase true, the things so i guess he's true. thinking it was worth the way around but then it becomes a thing of no women don't it's probably, it's always not true for everyone, but women on the on a whole don't seem to view
2: men <laughs> the same way, I and mean, it's sure. it,
0: it's just like even when he does it, I forget who says like oh no, he showed balls, yeah, like they knew it was wrong. <laughs> I forget who says it. Was that, or was it? Um, was it Rogan or Rose Byrne? It doesn't matter, I, but it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's very funny. No, it's great. Um, I still love that moment when um I forget the other actor's name or the character's name, the other father that's friends with Seth Oh yeah, yeah. And in the restaurant, he says something about men's rights oh, yeah, men's and puts fist <laughs> up for a up for yeah. and so I was like, "Fuck you! Yeah, get away from me!" <laughs> uh, it was, it's great. It, it was so great. good, and I love the ending because it just like at full speed runs towards the conclusion. Yeah. Wraps up every single plot point <laughs> in the neatest bow it can. And just ends. Yeah. That was beautiful. Does they get a sack of money at the end, like your mm-hmm. when your financial woes are finished? It's like everyone just falls into the perfect job somehow. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. It. I, it's as top notch comedy. It's a great piece of satire, mm-hmm. and it's strangely bizarrely progressive. I would recommend Very it true. to everyone. Maybe mm.
1: just one thing actually yes, before for you me. before we move on, Um the fact that you called Chloe Moretz the villain interested me, because as much as I oh, think Oh yeah, she's not the villain, true. really.
0: Ostensibly, for the trailer, I mean yes, like, yeah, she's yes. the villain. In the film itself, she's just another kind of, another shockingly nuanced character yeah. that exists with conflicts and motivations. Absolutely.
1: But bizarre. Like, writing,
0: yeah. writing <laughs> of characters.
1: Absolutely, that's what I was going to say, was that it's actually a film where you want everyone to succeed equally. Yeah. Like, I, I genuinely can't think of any other film where... <laughs> There isn't at least some bad guy you're supposed to dislike in some yeah. way. Everyone here you identify with, you like, you want them to succeed at whatever their goal is. How many movies do that? It's great. <laughs> and again,
0: we're discussing the sequel to Bad Neighbors. And that's <laughs> yeah. like, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, you're totally right. The Claire Moretz thing, I was, again, impressed because I Actually, I love her as an actress, but I, I simply I can't take her seriously as an adult. Mm-hmm. She still looks like a 12-year-old, yeah, and it's weird seeing yeah. her, like, just swear. Well, not weird. Not really, well, she started off swearing. It's not really that one. But just talking about, like, drugs and sex Absolutely, and stuff like that. Yeah. It. It's, it's like, oh, she's 12. Oh, no, she's, like, 21, now, isn't she? Yeah. But, no, I totally agree. Like, initially, you're kind of... She's sort of villainized-ish, but by the end, it's very much like, I don't want her to fail mm. but I don't want them to lose their house yeah. and it, it's weird and then it all just it, I'm impressed they found a way to contri- <laughs> contrive an ending where everyone wins True, which is I suppose i one little bathroom writing but I think yeah. this film deserved a happy ending
1: absolutely and should, there's nothing wrong with aspirational film you
0: know yeah like- no totally, totally. <laughs> uh, I suppose from happy times to less happy times Yay. let's talk about Green Room alright <laughs> so Green Room I have not seen Blue Ruin um, no me neither See, I've heard people say the Green Room, if you've seen Green Room first, it's not as, it, it, it's not as, um, because Blue Room came out and was very, like, lauded and talked mm. about a lot. I've heard people say if you've seen that one, you will kind of see a lot coming in Green Room, that mm-hmm. a lot of his tropes kind of become apparent. But, um, yeah, ostensibly this one is a, uh, he's not wearing a lot today, ostensibly, it's a good word. Green Room, how do you start the plot? Uh, Anton Yelchin is the lead in a very hipster metal band who don't exist on social media, mm. which I assume was just a plot one they put in so yeah. that they'd be isolated, but yeah. it still felt very like, ugh. They go play some neo-Nazi bar run by mm. Patrick Stewart, who's still British for some reason, <laughs> uh, get trapped in the titular green room, a murder has taken place, and then it's just an hour and a half of real bad times mm. uh, for the audience, for the characters. It's... A deeply upsetting film to watch. I would not recommend It Hungover, which I did. Not not a good time. Um, yeah, what? you've started this one.
1: All right. I I have to say I liked it, but I don't think I liked it as much as some of the praise mm-hmm. it's been getting. There, there were some great ideas, um, I think, about like them being like stoners, being kind of losers who pretty much can't get up before 12 in the mm. day. Um, and then, obviously, they get caught back in a green room when a murder's taken place, and they're basically since they are the only witnesses they have been, they're being kept in there against their will, and they sort of realize they eventually that they're gonna have to fight their way out but they're not very good at fighting. So I can't remember the name of the the girl who joins them. Um, The actress. Oh, Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots, who does a really good job. uh, I didn't notice her in the credits. Yeah, me neither. I was like, who? Because I love her. I Um, I, I recognize that nose. Who is it? (laughs) That was what I was thinking the whole time. Because
0: that actually makes this is a weird, uh, if anyone saw the remake, which they did not of Fright Night, that's a nice reunion of Anthony Elston and Imogen Poots again. I hadn't
1: even thought of that. Wow. But uh, but yeah, sorry. so um, So Imogen Poots says like, well, we don't, we're not fighters. We don't really know mm. what to do. Let's play. Um, and they sort of come up with these ideas for, like, how are they going to get out of this place, but without using sort of conventional mm. war methods, I guess. But, like, for my money, what they did was actually pretty conventional and pretty much what you would do if you could, you know. You know like do you, the, are you
0: talking about the very end here? Like, I'm talking about
1: the very yeah, end, yes. Okay. Whereas I thought that they were going to do this while high. I thought
2: that would be really oh, cool. Oh, that actually would have
0: made a lot of sense because that would have at least really explained that they had like heightened pain thresholds and whatnot. rather yeah. than just the fact I, I didn't actually get how any of them were still moving by the last act because yeah. they'd all been so horribly injured by then. That's it. Yeah, I kind of had a similar problem in that because when Blue Ruin came out, everyone was like, "Oh, it's so like naturalistic and it's oh. the most kind of realistic revenge movie you'll see because it's, it's very like <laughs> it's not Hollywoody and it's very." it's very depressing and upsetting and it's just mm-hmm. this is like the cost of revenge and it's just no one gets out of it and no one gets happy about it but it still happens and blah, blah, blah. so I felt like going into this one I was like oh it'll be very kind of realistic and mm-hmm. naturalistic and I felt this felt very screenplay to me it felt very yeah. like overwritten in places and I actually hated that whole let's play line because I was like oh they're gonna have some like contrived plan now <laughs> I actually honestly yeah. thought it would end with them burning down the meth lab and just killing themselves in the process because <laughs> I was like that was the only out I could see for them sure and sure yeah then when I guess that bit when he just shaves his head and is mm. screaming about Ragnarok and I like what is this it's just it's a different movie then yeah and yeah like that's one blip that just gets them to the actual final sort of movement of it which mm-hmm. is all fine again I just think that one moment is really strange mm. and doesn't fit the film and if they had been high, that would have made more sense. So I think you've kind of found and solved the one big problem with the movie. Oh, good. Um, otherwise, performances all pretty good. Mm. Like Patrick Stewart, it's nice seeing him in his role. Mm. I was kind of sad there was no big speechy moment. He just he was very yeah, low yeah. key, which I kind of appreciate more almost. But I still sort of was waiting for him to give a big rousing speech to his little Nazis. Uh, or just do something kind of more shouty or theatrical mm-hmm. but it was very just muted and sort of uh, monotone and like it was so creepy and mm. it was still like a great presence but yeah weird sort of disappointing waste almost
1: yeah I guess so like there isn't really anyone for him to play against
0: no that's, it's like a door basically <laughs> <most of it>. <laughs> yes <laughs> i will say i think they did gore very well in this in yeah, that like it yeah. wasn't really shown up front and you kind of kind of, kind of quick cuts of it like mm. that oh the, the bit with the hand was just the worst thing i've seen gross. in a long time <laughs> but again if they like if they'd settled on that and shown it and it's like full uh like depiction i think it would have been less powerful it was after yeah. you just saw like quick shots of his hand like hanging off his arm like, yeah. that's just really disgusting and horrible and ugh. Mm-hmm. um it's a weird one like would you recommend it to people I don't know because I feel like there's certain people mm. I know like like me that like upsetting films yeah. like, I'd recommend it to them but even then it's not
1: oh, like to be honest in a yeah. way as much as like I thought it was a good film mm. I honestly didn't feel that it did anything that different or that out you know, like, there wasn't anything that it did to really differentiate itself from similar types of movies. I kind—I of, I think I agree with that, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of feel like, am I missing something? Because lots of people are giving this mm. five stars and just loving it. And it's, it's decent, uh, but it's not earth-shattering. <laughs> no,
0: I actually agree with that fully. I, I think... <laughs> And you can the argument, it's just it's like it's probably the best version of that kind of story they could do yeah, like yeah. it's not it's not groundbreaking necessarily but it is like could kind of have the perfectly made version of it well i mm. perfectly but like yeah. one of the best made versions of that kind of nihilistic revenge i guess you'd say mm. storylines um you yeah, know I, I didn't think it was good i just i yeah i totally agree i don't really understand this the, the earth shattering mm-hmm. is getting um all right Fine. Yeah, <laughs> I like seeing Yeltsin. I, like I like seeing Poots. I like seeing Stewart. It, it's good. It is and, uh, all good.
1: And alia Shaw, is that her name?
0: Oh, uh, from *Rested Eleven. Yeah. Maybe yes.
1: Yeah, she sort of is getting typecast, but I still like her. Yeah, <laughs> she
0: keeps showing up in the last year or so in like these kind of supporting roles. Yeah. What
1: else was she in? She was in um, uh, *Final Girls*. Playing pretty much. I haven't the seen that role. yet. Um, okay
0: curious to have it the trailer didn't really sell me on it's it, not no it's not no, great like okay. see it if that's the kind of yeah. movie
1: you like don't otherwise <laughs>
0: <laughs> i suppose we move on to something we definitely have slightly more different right. opinions on uh this one is actually i think kind of common in Gotham cinemas but uh midnight special which i really hadn't intended seeing and i can't recall what the reason i did see it was I, it,
2: mm-hmm. I actually it
0: might have been you it could have been you i don't know it was someone said something about it being really good because i remember i saw the trailer okay. And the trailer did nothing for me. I was mm-hmm. I was actually initially very intrigued by the premise of the trailer when it's just um, oh, is Michael Madsen? Um, <laughs> oh God, what is his name? Um crap, 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 Michael... crap, crap, crap. Uh, Shannon, Shannon Shannon
2: yes.
0: <laughs> well it's like a Shannon like having kidnapped a child and you're not really sure why and like, that's really intriguing. I'm I'm quite into this premise and then mm-hmm. like a minute into the trailer, oh it's it's he's Superman. Just, <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Bored now. Mm-hmm. But saw the film for whatever reason and. So I thought that I think the ending is kind of bald, but I don't know how else you end that kind of film, so whatever. <laughs> I think it was great. Hmm. Sarah, you didn't. Uh,
1: yes, <laughs> I, I thought that the first half was very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really uh, liked a lot of it. Um, I actually thought in particular, I don't know his name, the the guy who comes along for the ride basically and yeah, yeah, yeah. um, i thought his character was so interesting i like yeah i was actually, trying yeah, to figure yeah. out what what has happened that he would be prepared to like give up everything for this guy who he doesn't really know that well and this guy's son and the fact that he first thing we see him do is like be prepared to shoot a guy dead mm, mm, like, cop, it's like yeah. yeah what what is going on I really admired this guy but I was also really scared because I was like <laughs> okay it could be any reason so what's going on? You know like I thought that the build up was really great. What is this kid doing that he's got everyone interested in him mm. and he's been kidnapped and he's been kept in weird religious cults and like all this kind of stuff and like I thought that was really great but I just felt once we were getting answers the answers were kind of wishy-washy and just not very compelling.
0: That I would totally agree with. Um, I do think, yeah, because the first half of it has this really kind of creepy vibe to it, I think. Because mm-hmm. the opening, it's it's so ambiguous what's going on. Like, you get these really kind of slow... And not even that explain. I think that was... I know you, we'll get this in a minute, you hate this about it. I really love about <laughs> it, that it. It kind of makes you work for the plot. Like, it gives you all the necessary pieces, but it does not give you the order to put them in. And you mm-hmm. kind of have to work it out for yourself. And I like the way it's just... Here's these two guys, they kidnap the child, they're going to murder cops that they have to, mm. there's some religious cult that wants a kid back, is it their kid, is it one of their like actual children, Then they get rid of the FBI. It's, it's all very confusing, mm. but really intriguing, and it kind of reminded me of, like, It Follows, or True Detective Season 1, mm. it was this nice, unsettling thing, and then I agree, once it kind of hits sort of daytime, mm-hmm. and once there's actual answers coming in... It's very conventional and mm-hmm. the ending. I mean, I don't, I, again, I don't know how else you end these kind of movies. Like, unless it's in a really ambiguous midpoint where the story doesn't really resolve, mm. it has to resolve the way it did, I suppose. And it's just a bit blah, seeing this the alien city in the sky mm-hmm. and then the kid leaving. Like, yeah, I don't, don't care.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like, in a way, I think if you're not up to the challenge of, like, you know, coming up with a satisfying, whatever satisfying means, conclusion yeah. to this movie, like, are you up to the challenge of, taking it on in the first place. Mm,
2: that's you know, a fair you know, criticism, like,
1: yeah. For me, that's why like Lost it doesn't work. <laughs> you can come up with amazing ideas and cool special effects and whatever, but if you have no follow-through, you might as well not have tried in the first place, really.
0: That I'd agree with. Um, I think I want to bring up the point that, because I know we actually discussed it before uh, in our real lives, that mm, um, which we have. Me, <laughs> I think it kind of stems from like our different backgrounds. Like You're more kind of literature and... Yeah, uh, like theater and stuff, mm-hmm. was your kind of background. Whereas I'm more like straight film studies, so it's a lot more. Well, like, it's, it's kind of writing too, but it's more visual stuff yeah, And I think yeah. that's why I thought the show don't tell approach was really refreshing. Like it was so non-handholdy. Whereas you found it, like needlessly obtuse and kind of in your mm-hmm. face. And I'm like that's really interesting because I prefer that there was very little dialogue to explain a lot of this stuff. Whereas I can I can kind of see your frustration with it, but by all means, please argue.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, just that you say that. I think it is a good point in that I am very uh, narratively driven. As much as I think visuals are important, they are secondary to my interests.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, right.
1: which is why like, I re- realised that's why a film can be loved or hated by different people and like, mm. that, it's entirely valid not not one argument is more valid than are the you other saying objective
0: reviews don't exist, <gasps> oh, how no. dare you suggest such a thing I
1: can't say this here, it will explode <laughs> I would wonder, does the director themselves or the writers mm. actually know what the answer to the questions they've put are, because if they don't know, I don't think it's fair for them to hoist the questions onto other people okay you know they don't have to answer their question within their film, but they have to have their own answers. And I think sometimes with these kind of with this kind of film, they they haven't really thought about it. Yeah. And like I I think that's sort of the problem. You know, like if there isn't an answer somewhere, whether we as an audience get it or not, well then it is just a big load of stuff thrown at the screen, hoping some of it will stick. Um.
2: I don't
0: know <laughs> no that's a fair point I my problem is more that they had an answer to these things but the answers weren't very interesting I, I think
1: yeah is that, as well actually
0: <laughs> just, it, I just thought the first hour was so promising there was such mm. a, this great sort of very organic layering of like exposition in ways that wasn't yeah. at all showy it was very subtle and it felt kind of like a Stephen King book in that mm-hmm. it, was, it was sort of goofy genre stuff but it was taking itself very seriously and it was very kind of mm. violent and it yeah. Like a lot of Stephen King books, it kind of resolves in a weird, disappointing, <laughs> wishy-washy kind of way. Very true,
2: yeah. But there was just,
0: again, there was, the direction was really good. There's some really gorgeous shots. There's one bit when mm. it, it looks like it's um, they're on a road, but then like the camera just suddenly just shoots upwards and it's clearly like, a helicopter shot. And it goes over a forest and it's it's there's some uh-huh. great direction. There's a really good score. Actually, the forms are great. The kid is really good. Yeah, yeah. Kids in movies are very hard to get right. And that kid mm. was very likable. Um I know you kind of hate the fact that it was just Um, (laughs) E.T. A little bit, yes. E.T. in boy form, is
2: that what you're saying?
1: (laughs) Yes, he's back in boy form. I I think possibly to rein my arguments into rather than Mm. like, ooh, this is what I think about cinema in general, I will say some specifics, which would be that... Adam Driver did a good job. His character was not needed.
0: That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you could actually cut out his entire subplot yes. and it would lose nothing. And
1: that is that is a bad. That's thing. bad writing. Yes,
0: that, that's well, it's not even bad writing. It's bad editing. If yes. But um,
2: and Yeah.
1: I. What annoyed me as well, um, is the conceit that the boy can show you something and then you will just believe him. I didn't think that was good. I mean, I understand that. Explain further. So the so one of the boys. Superpowers mm. is that he can sort of doesn't it's never even explained, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but that he can sort of transmit his thoughts to you through some sort of light. He shines light from his eyes to yours. Or something. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, and that by doing this, he can show his, the future or something that you it's really just like too desire. much knowledge or something. Yeah, yeah something, something like it's never really explained. And so he does this at several times during the movie, and the person he transmits to. Then follows him, unquestioningly, and that for me that is just huh, how are we going to get this guy from A to B? Oh yeah, well let's let's just have him magic himself there. Let's not actually worry about like actually convincing people. He's just able to magic people to do things for him, and that for me I'm like yeah, I'm, okay if that's one of his powers, but that to me is really boring and lazy.
0: Um, it's okay. I have not thought of it that way at all, but because I kind of read that as it's—he's almost like a living drug. Mm-hmm. In that he can show you these things, but you you'll always want more, okay. and that's like why that. he kind of followed them. Because he's mm-hmm. like, we need this guy to follow us, so and just like show, let the kid do the weird eye thing, and then suddenly mm-hmm. that guy will it's it is like it's like a knowledge drug or whatever like you're saying shows you like what you desire most or something mm-hmm. it's something like that that's what the way i thought it was anyway because again with the whole like religious cult thing around yeah, him, yeah. Oh, definitely the way they revered the child i always assumed there was something like that because mm-hmm. again yeah, it's left very ambiguous that's a point where i would actually agree with your previous point now that you've said it about them not having answers i think that would have been nice to at least hint towards mm-hmm. what's going on there because yeah. yeah again like like we just said like i you and me had very different views of what that meant the whole i power yeah, thing absolutely so, something a bit more concrete there would have been nice um i said the adam driver thing really pisses me off i don't <laughs> i don't really like adam driver everyone okay. else seems so he's fine he's fine <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. but
0: it because he wouldn't have been big enough when this was being shot i wouldn't have thought to yeah. have justified having him in there like that, mm-hmm. that character really could have been entirely lost yeah, yeah and it would have lost nothing in the film mm. it's very weird um because like it's a pretty short film to start but like it's like what 98 or probably 100 minutes maybe there you go, yeah yeah um yeah i still think it's worth watching um as someone who never really cared for et that much even as a child <laughs> i i prefer this this oh, slightly grittier version go. of et <laughs> there's some nice kind of almost exorcist moments in there too yeah. i like the bit when he brings on the satellite that's pretty great mm. yeah no i think it's incredibly well shot incredibly well scored very well acted by and large quite well written movie with some fat that needs trimming but on the whole it was it, it, it's top 10 in the year material I think for me oh okay maybe maybe
2: mm.
0: along with Bad Neighbours too, bizarrely <laughs> uh, any closing remarks on the Midnight Special um, before I let you loose on something else
1: yeah um, well, it was something I was going to say earlier I don't know if this is too long a thing to say but thinking about it more the whole light transmission <laughs> yeah. it's sort of a little bit of a plot hole possibly because mm-hmm surely he could have used it on everyone and then yeah, <laughs> it, would yeah. have, it would have solved his problems. He would Maybe have been not. too tired? He could have been, yeah. He would have, yeah. Um, no, I suppose my closing remarks would for that film would be probably not in my top 10. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, some some, <laughs> some very good acting, some great direction, and some great visuals, but just a great premise was just spoiled by very bland ideas.
2: And, okay. Yeah about it fair enough, fair
0: enough well the final review of the day is something i have not seen but which i know you just hated so much i could not <laughs> not let you rant about it Yay. as a tradition of this podcast if one of us really hates the movies i.e me or brooklyn rants happen so mm-hmm. sarah what Yay. is the film and why do you hate it
1: um it's everybody wants some but in fact nobody wants any <laughs> uh, even though Zing. apparently yeah there we go this is uh richard Linklater's most recent movie it is Concerning itself with young man who is going (laughs) off to college for the first time. He's a baseball scholarship student and he's in Texas University and going there in the fall of uh, 79. So it's all very, um, very much. What's the word? Uh, it's a period know. piece kind period of... Period piece, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of, it takes some of Link the sort of stuff Link Latter does quite well. He tries to get a conventional narrative and yes. fill this with, like, this... Nothing is going to ever happen because okay, okay, I am yeah. I am a master of what it is like to be alive. So you just watch my movies and uh, don't worry about plot or characterization. You just agree with me and everything is really good. Seems to be his um, his idea. It's... It's just so annoying. I think it's based loosely on his own life because he mm-hmm. himself went to, went to college as a baseball scholar student. Apparently college for him was just like hanging around with very boring people, doing very boring normal college things um, and not trying very hard at anything. And I'm sure he had a great time doing these things, but they're just so normal. There's nothing to say about them
0: it's interesting because I feel like if this was um, <laughs> I haven't seen it so I don't really know but if okay. this was like some kind of European artist but like, <laughs> I feel like these kind of slice of life quote unquote nothing happens movies mm. are often quite talked up and quite revered even though mm-hmm. the few I've seen I haven't liked myself for the same reason I think you hate this one <laughs> but I wonder it, why this one seems so much more uh, sort of irritating and arrogant mm. and in your face for being about lazy lay about Americans. Sure. Is that, is that maybe... Contr- I don't know. It's Because, it's, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of good reviews about this one. Mm-hmm. I have heard some negativity. Yours has been the most vitriolic I've heard. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Uh, I didn't like Boyhood, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, like, wasn't... I saw Dazed and Confused once many years mm-hmm. ago and didn't much care for it. But wasn't Dazed and Confused sort of the same thing, but people liked that one?
1: Yeah. Um, I, that is actually sort of a good summation. The main difference is that uh, Days and Confused follows groups of different people. There's the jocks and the nerds mm. and the whatevers. The thing is that Richard Linklater, I I think he's forgotten this now, but I think he maybe knew it at the time that he's not very good at writing characters. <laughs> like, he, he can write situations yeah. very well, but he can't really write characters. So by jumping between groups of people, he, you know, he got enough going, enough stories going, that you could look look beyond the fact that every single one of his characters is essentially him <laughs> spouting off about philosophy 101. on mm-hmm. one in Days and Confused you have some great personas like um, Matthew McConaughey McConaughey. McConaughey. yeah Mm -hmm. you have these people putting on airs and saying whereas I think in Everybody Wants Some first of all it's it's focusing on one group which is like the handsome jocks who get everything they want all the time, which maybe that was his college experience, yeah. but it's kind of boring. Yeah, there's no conflict there. There's yeah, no, there is no, there's conflict. no challenge or yeah. arc or yeah. It is just his philosophy characters over and over again. It's just the same characters with the same, basically, th- with the same thoughts, the same personality. Hmm. It's just there's like twelve of them, so it's kind of creepy. Are you um,
0: saying there's like a dark reading of this where it's a hive mind? And a- yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. uh, like I was actually thinking about it and I, I I think if I was to sort of like distill this movie to its essence, yes. it's an apology for being popular, attractive layabouts.
0: That sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard <laughs> and never want to see. Yeah. Because I saw the trailer for this and I was like, oh, Richard Linklater movie. Mm, okay. I don't really love him to start with. And as the whole trailer, it was just these endless, just out of context scenes and like vignettes of mm. just stuff happening with no clear idea what the plot was, but apparently mm. there isn't one. Yeah. Why we should like these people, but apparently we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It just, it wasn't funny either. It no. was, it was really just, it wasn't even cringy. It was this weird, inert, like nothingness. Yeah, yeah. That I had no reaction to aside from, I don't want to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It, like, it's funny because I was thinking about it, um, like, I think that... <laughs> I do talk about it quite a lot, which kind of sounds like D- does she does protest too much, but it is kind of ridiculous that all the characters are just really, really typically handsome. You know, it's it's like maybe that was what his experience of college was. I don't know, but the only characters who are less good looking mm-hmm. are there's two. Okay, to be fair, there's two sort of slightly tubby guys in the the main group, which I'm pretty sure they're there so that, like, normal people can be like, they let normal people in too, we're in. Um, uh, But pretty much the the two weirdest people are... The one guy who tries too hard, he's actually just so obsessed with success Mm. that it's nearly like his body is just this wiry frame of creepy muscles, Like whereas the rest of them are sort of nicely beefed up. He's just this scary ball of energy... I think the movie is basically trying to say, like, look, if you try too hard, you're going to be a freak.
0: <laughs> the more you talk about this, the more I kind of I want to see it for these <laughs> weird, subtle horror elements that I want to see an essay yeah. written about. Just this is kind of sounding more intriguing than more you go on about it. I still don't want to see it, and I will hate it. Okay. But I think you found a through line of something worth talking about.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the other thing that that I haven't even brought up, which is actually really interesting about the movie, is just. The amount of homoeroticism that's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, from what I understand, I think Linklater said like, yeah, obviously. You know, like okay, he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. he's not hiding it. But for a movie that is so much about sleeping with girls and sleeping with more girls, <laughs> you know, there's there are baseball teams, a lot of ass slapping yeah. going on. And just so, you know, I would be really happy for someone to watch the movie and be interested in it from like a gender studies point Mm, of view. You know, like, I I think there definitely are things in there that are interesting. But I guess it's just that they're not the things that (laughs) Linklater wanted them to be. I don't think he... he, I don't think he went in thinking, like, I'm actually... That he was ashamed of himself for not trying Mm. hard at baseball. Which I think is sort of something that's going on in here. It's its, it's sort of weird. I,
0: it sounds pretty weird. <laughs> it sounds like if Linklater is the, the dancing Zach Ephron in the film industry, this is his balls yeah, being he, displayed there we go. No, no one wants it.
1: There we go, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so are there, are there no points in the film you enjoyed? No um, no uh, small moments of levity or <laughs> incongruity that you found amusing?
1: There are, I wonder, are you talking about one moment in particular?
0: I just recall your <laughs> interview <of> you, um, <laughs> laughing quite a lot at the last paragraph.
1: Good. Well, there. yes, there is one moment At a frat party, which there Mm. are many of, in which um, someone opens a fridge for a cat to jump out. And then the guy who's opened the fridge goes, that's weird, a cat shouldn't be in there. And it was actually quite funny. I mean, I think it was also kind of strange that (laughs) the funniest moment comes from such a contrived moment in and of itself. Which is sort of indicative of the kind of movie it is. But having said that, a moment of catharsis (laughs) was nice, you know? (laughs) A moment
0: where the film felt like it was on your level. (laughs) This is weird. Good job, movie. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I think there's little more to be said other than if you're given a choice between seeing any of the films from today, don't see that one. Mm. Uh, I mean, not even sure I'd say see Green Room necessarily. I think it is good. but Mm. Yeah, if you had like one pick of today's new films, what would your recommendation be?
1: Um, Bad Neighbours 2. I be...
0: yeah i want to say civil war but i kind of think bad number two is the right answer i do. Mm, yeah <laughs> it's, I, it's so weird like this <laughs> frat boy comedy sequel is uh, anyway yeah so that was that i suppose was, we'll be back soon hopefully not three months again like the last time uh goodbye